I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Julie Seedorf, is it? That's it, yes. <laughs> I always say S is in Sam, E-E-D is in dog, O-R-F is in Frank. <laughs> and she's here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Julie, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Sure. I'm Julie Seedorf. I'm the author of the Fuchsia Minnesota series, the Brilliant Minnesota series, and the Whistle Stop series. And I also have a crossover book that was just out for the Fuchsia and the Brilliant series. I love cozies. Um, I became an author accidentally, so I feel very blessed. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like a lot of authors get into it accidentally? I know for myself, I was like in fourth grade with just an active imagination. And one teacher who didn't know the road she set me on said, if you write these down, I'll read them. Well, you know, when I was young, I'm probably a lot older than you. It was not okay to be a dreamer. And I can't tell you how many times teachers and everyone, parents, adults told me to get my head out of the clouds. And so I grew up thinking that it maybe wasn't okay to be a dreamer. And then um, I, I always have journaled and wrote little stories, but it was when I was a junior in high school that I fell in love with a creative writing class. And then also I started writing poetry and then speech class was a game changer for me. And, uh, you know, I got into the cozy world. I wrote a cozy and I didn't even know what cozies were. Uh, it, it was an accident. I, I started writing when I was sick and I started writing a blog. And then that blog kind of turned into a book that I was going to do nothing with. But one day I was reading a book and thought, well, this sounds a little bit like what I write. And I looked at the publisher, Cozy Cat Press. So just on a whim, I decided to query them. And they asked me to send them their man, my manuscript. I did. They told me I need 20,000 words and maybe they would um, consider it. I did that. Took me a couple months. And they offered me a contract for a cozy book. And again, I never heard of the word cozy book. So it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a delightful accident. I love when things like that just happen. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I've had so many things like that, that have happened. I always say it's from above because when my books came out and I had no say in the covers, the granny on the book, she just spoke to me. And I couldn't figure out why until one day I was going to a book signing and I, I had made a t-shirt and I started thinking about my grandma that died when I was six years old. And I realized the granny on that book cover looked exactly, I mean, exactly like my grandma. And I went home and found pictures. My cousin from California was here, same hat, same dress, same nose, same hair, same glasses. And it was like, boy, I think my grandmother did this. <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of your books, is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Um, I'm writing a book 
now that has a little connotations of my actual life. It's called the joy killer. It's totally different than anything I've, I've ever done. Um, it's about a woman that leaves home in the middle of the night to find herself. And um, in a marriage that's a really tough marriage. And so I think there's a little bit of myself in that. In my granny books, uh, I, you know, people ask me if, if this wild cantankerous woman is me. And of course it isn't, but she's like my mom. Uh, my mom used to, she was on the roof when she was 90 years old and I get these calls and they would say, do you know your mother is up fixing her roof? And the other part of the real life is I, I have a hard time in real life with all these restrictions that are put on people when you own your homes, you know, you have covenants, so you can only put certain flowers and things. And if you look around at all the gray, gray homes and tan homes, um, I decided that the city in my book was going to totally defy everything that we do in society today. So I guess that had an influence too. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I'd have a hot pink house if I could. <laughs> nice. So what advice would you give to those who want to write their own cozies? Be who you are. When I got accepted with the publishing company, and I'm a panzer, and my cozies are not, um, they really, especially the Fuchsia Minnesota series, they're kind of a, uh, a little off-center cozy because I have such wacky characters. But when I first was with this publishing company, I realized that everyone else was doing diagrams and was outlining. And I thought I'm doing it wrong. And I tried that and it totally destroyed my creativity. And what I've realized throughout 12 years, it's been 12 years, that you need to let you yourself shine inside your books. So it doesn't matter. You, you want your characters to care about, or your readers to care about your characters, but they also want to get to know who you are. Um, you know, what makes you tick? Who is this person behind the characters and, and what's writing them? So I would tell authors, be yourself and take, take criticism. If it's constructive criticism, listen to cri criticism and then try and decide if it's going to compromise who you are. That is great advice. And you and I are so much alike. I'm a pantser too. I cannot follow an outline to save my life. Yeah, I like to so say hard. my characters are too alive to stick to an outline. <laughs> well, and if you're like me, my characters, you know, when I start a book, I, I had granny. I had no idea what she was going to do. And even all the other books I've written. And I, I start with, I just start writing. I have no idea from start to finish. I kind of have a little one. Um, what's going to happen, even who did it. Um, I, I never have an idea and my characters always surprise me. They'll do something like once granny fainted when they were giving her the key to the city and I was writing along and here she, she faints. And I had to quit writing because I had no idea why she fainted. I hadn't planned that. She did that herself. And I have a feeling that happens to your characters too. Oh, yes. 
And I'm like you, I don't know who did it in my books a lot of the times. And all of a sudden, like my third book, I thought I had the killer figured out. I had laid the clues out for that killer. All of a sudden, this other one storms in and it's like, wait, 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 you got the wrong one. I'm the one who did it. And it's like, wait, I didn't even mention you except for one paragraph. And you're saying you're the killer? (laughs) Have you ever went back to your books? And and right now I'm rereading, well, especially my Fuchsia series and my Brilliant series because I'm also writing the next book in those along with the others. And sometimes I read what I wrote and it's like, I can't, you know, I get so into it. I can't believe I wrote that. Yep, that's me. I, I was looking over the first book just to get some details right for my third one. And I'm yes. like, wait, I actually wrote this? This is incredible. <laughs> How did I do yes. this? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, I'm cleaning house now because of the fact that I have to move, we're moving. And so I'm, I'm going through all, all the boxes I have and I came across my poetry that I actually knew, know I wrote back, you know, when I was 18, 19 years old, but I'll be reading it. And it's like, I can't believe I wrote this, you know, way back, way back when I, you know, that, that came out of me. <laughs> but don't you think if you write from the heart, um, and ju- it just flows. Absolutely. Like with my Sparks book, it's giving me such a chance to look into my own heritage because I made the main character a Native American elf from a tribe that I'm actually a member of. And so it gives me a chance to look into their folklore, look into some traditions, things like that. And it's like, hopefully that respect for that journey is coming through, will come through in the book with all the research I've done, so. You know, and I I think, you know, that's something I I know writers have always worried about, but I think now in this day and age, that is something we really worry about because you get zinged so bad if you get something wrong or you say something wrong and, unknowingly or you do the best you can but people are so sensitive now I I had to change something in my latest book not because it was anything I thought was derogatory it was basically four words and my daughter came forward and said mom you you can't say that and I go what do you mean I grew up with this I'm talking about an animal (laughs) you know she goes yes but that's not the connotation now so I had to change it and um, you know, for I, I don't write about um, other races, not because I don't want to, and I have lots of friends, I'm afraid that I'm going to offend someone or say something wrong. And that's something I hope to remedy in the future, because you're talking about your Native American heritage, and I would so love to know more about that, um, and, and the customs and um, I think we can learn so much from that. Oh, it, it's been so much fun researching that stuff. And yeah, you're right. It is so hard to, even when I was doing my own writing, I'd go to uh, uh, 
big mistake. I went to one writing group online, uh, not any of the ones that I have, uh, I follow on Facebook, but I mentioned what I was trying to do. And the next thing I know, someone says, well, you can't write that. You're not Native American. I wanted to scan my card. Yeah. And you know, show how wrong that idiot was, that person well, was, but. And you know, I, I don't necessarily agree that we shouldn't be able to write about um, other, I don't even know the right word to say cultures um, because I don't want to offend anyone because that's the way we learn. You know, I, I, I'm Polish, <laughs> you know, so I suppose I could write about Polish people, but I think at some point, we have to learn about the way others have lived. It, yeah, absolutely. And though I suppose cozies are very lighthearted, kind of, except we murder people. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's a, I think there's a place in there for that. Uh, I'd love to do a friendship, you know, for for kids. Um, but again, I. You know, and then I talk about, well, be who you are. Okay, I will, but I don't want to offend someone by doing that. Yeah, and that's such a fine line and getting finer by the day, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Can't we just love everybody? Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> Granny loves everybody almost, but she insults a lot of people too. So. <laughs> So you've probably answered this by mentioning Granny, but do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Um, favorite character. You know, I love all my characters. Granny is one of my favorite characters, but I have to tell you, I think my favorite character along with Granny is Silas, um, a male character. In, in the Fuchsia series. And um, he is just cantankerous, but he's such a caring man, but the way he cares about people isn't the way most of us care about people. So I, I like him. I actually like in, in the Brilliant series and the Granny series, I like, I like all the quirky characters. Um, it just, I think because I like quirky people in real life. I have a really hard time when I was writing uh, A Small Town Can Be Murder. Um, Angel Delate is the main character and she's not a quirky character. Um, the main characters, the, the, the top main characters are not quirky. They're just, they're everyday people going through everyday things. But I found I could not write a book with just characters that were normal. And so, of course, I had to add some really quirky characters in there. I don't think it's in me um, to not write a book with a quirky character, which is really odd because I've never, ever thought of myself as humorous or anything like that. And some of my books come off as very humorous. <laughs> I would agree. I would disagree. I think you're very humorous. <laughs> you're just nice. You know, I, I, I do have a story about that if we have time. When, oh, definitely. You know, you know, my love, my love of, of all of this came about, like I said earlier, when I was um, 
17 years old in speech class. And I wasn't one to take a class like that um, to do anything. And I signed up for it. And the teachers really said, are you sure you want to do this? Anyway, at one point, we had to give a humorous speech. Terrified me because it's like, how can I give a humorous speech? I am not funny. People don't laugh at me. I, you know, I am not funny. And now I have to get up in front of all these people and get a humorous, give a humorous speech. You know what? I got an A plus on that humorous speech. Of all the speeches I got, I usually got A's or B pluses, but the humorous speech, I got an A plus. No one was more surprised than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember I took a speech class in college and I didn't do nearly as well. <laughs> you know, I just found one of those speeches. It wasn't the humorous one, but it was a speech about being a senior in high school and graduating. And I just found it like three days ago. And I read it and I thought, I am going to give this speech because I have a, a granddaughter that's a senior and a grandson that graduated uh, last year. And it's about why being a senior really kind of sucks how I you know how not enjoying your senior year and it was kind of a play on that you know because it starts out with you know when you go through the graduation line and people go oh I bet you're so happy you loved your senior you know and had all these platitudes and anyway so I did the speech and I recorded it and I'm going to give it to my grandchildren and I'm curious to see if they feel the same way I do I did when I was a senior in high school, and I don't really remember feeling that way, so it might have just been a speech, but <laughs> <laughs> they think they have a weird grandma. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, so do you have an author that's influenced your writing the most? Not necessarily my writing, but my career. Um, you know, one of my favorite authors is um, Claire Cook and she wrote Must Love Dogs and so many other things but she she writes about the changes in life but also um, I like the FBI series by um, boy my mind just went blank by Catherine Catherine Coulter and so I I love I love the way those books are written I don't know that they influenced my writing, but I know actual, I don't know if you know who William Kent Kruger and Alan Eskins are. Um, they're, they're writers from Minnesota. They're New York Times bestselling writers. And they're, especially Alan, they're friends of mine. And I've met them. They've given me advice. And I guess um, my sisters in crime authors too, they influence my writing. Um, they make me want to be better. Oh, that's great. And, so, you know, when authors critique other authors, mostly, mostly they do it uh, to help them. Oh, definitely. I can't list the number of times that I've posted a, a little piece of what I'm writing in one of my writers groups and said, hey, what do you think of this? How can I fix it? It's not feeling quite right to me. And I will get so much help. Yeah, authors are very, um, I have found authors to be very, even the well-known ones, to be very generous with other authors. I, I think 
I, that's the best part of my career um, is the friends and the people, the authors that I meet. And it isn't necessarily because they're this wonderful writer, because they are, and I've admired them all, all my life, but it's because of the support and the caring they show to everybody and, and one another, and they share their fears and their glitches, and um, they've got your back. Absolutely. And that's one thing I would advise my listeners if you're considering writing, get in touch with a great writers group. You know, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I've been going through a difficult time lately. My husband has short term memory loss, and we're selling our house, and we couldn't find a place to live. And there's so many things going on. And my new book came out and I'm on a blog tour. I just finished one and I didn't have the time to, that I normally do. But a group of authors got together without me asking or even thinking and they promoted my new book and got it out there. Yeah, and you know, I appreciated it. And I love to promote others' authors' books too. So, um, which is what you're doing by doing, you know, by doing this. So we're not, they say, they say being an author or a writer is a lonely life. I don't think it is anymore with the advent of technology. Oh, absolutely true. Um, It used to be you sit at your desk with your typewriter, and struggle with your characters to get your book out. Now you can go just a couple finger finger taps away and you've got a connection to other authors who are probably struggling too and relate to you. And it's like, yay, I'm not alone. <laughs> well, and, and you know, too, I, one of the best things too, I think about technology is I have made some excellent friends of a lot of my readers who live in other countries or all over the United States and actually have gotten to know them, not just as a reader, but as as people. And I think as an author, that expands your world so much because you start to understand what other people are going through and what's happening and that then lends itself into your writing. Definitely. I absolutely agree with that. So back to the interview, even though I'm having just so much fun just talking. (laughs) If you and your main character sat down for coffee or however you prefer to intake your caffeine, (laughs) what kind of drink would she get? Oh, well, Granny would pretend she'd be having coffee, but she'd have wine in her cup. <laughs> she, hide, she hides her things. Her kids want her to be healthy, so she hides those things. But they might have a delight, delure, sloppy chocolate, peppermint, granny, black coffee. I make up all kinds of coffee drinks and things like that. And the weirder, the better. <laughs> nice. Well, and you know, my, my, a lot of the scenes are around the pink percolator. The pink percolator is uh, 
a, a coffee house wine show and wine shop in fuchsia that has a, um, a teapot on the other side and then in between is a fountain that whipped cream comes out of the fountain so it, it's kind of a, a weird community and then in the brilliant series they have the brilliant bistro and it's a coffee house upstairs and right now they're building a wine cafe downstairs and they're also adding on in an animal um, cafe next door it, it it started out to be a cat cafe and then the dog owners complained and then the <laughs> other animal owners complained so you know they're going to allow other animals in there too oh, oh fun with with my book the the small town has a coffee shop called sparks i love that, that. the Let's see, the claim to fame is you can get a latte with a shot of confidence or with a shot of charisma because you got that big meeting coming up or whatever. <laughs> well, and you know what you could add to that? You could add fireworks coming out of the coffee cup. Sparkles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that is that is a fun idea, and I could easily see Lexiana doing that. Yes, she is yes. just quirky enough to do something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think weird. I'm sorry. I think weird. <laughs> if you think you think weird, you should read mine. The main character has a friend I'm who's a to. centaur. I'm, going to. I'm sorry to say I haven't read your books, but I'm going to after talking to you because they really sound like we're a lot alike, I think. <laughs> The main character owns a ranch. She has a friend who's a centaur who runs the coffee shop. It's, that's it's a sounds, crazy little town. <laughs> I love crazy towns. You know, so tell me, I'm going to interview you. Tell me why your community is the way it was. What in real life made you decide to make your community like that? Oh, well, it's funny because I really wanted to write a a normal cozy <laughs> but yeah, then well, <laughs> huh? yeah well i know how hard that is <laughs> well then i was on pinterest one day and i saw this thing that said i'm tired of magic relegated to the days of knights and ladies i want a place or i want a world where you can walk into the local coffee shop and get that latte with a shot of confidence because you got the meeting coming up or charisma because you got that blind date. I want a hair salon where the psychic knows exactly how you want your hair. I love that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, just the world of La Sola, Colorado just kind of popped into my mind. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think we think alike. <laughs> you know, I, I really like the idea of the hair salon. I need a hair salon like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is in my third book, it's the first time I ever mentioned the hair salon called Stone Cold Styles. Love that. <laughs> and it's a play on the fact that the owner is a Gorgon, you know, like Medusa. Yep. Look yes. directly at Medusa and you turn to stone. Yes. So yes. everything is covered in mirrors or reflective surfaces so she can interact with her customers without risking turning them to stone right right 
that takes creativity to think of that. That's... And it also doesn't hurt that I'm a little bit of a mythology nerd. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I like mythology too. Um, and, and there's so much more I want to learn and read about it. We, we get a lot of, we play trivia on Tuesday nights. They have a lot of questions about mythology too. <laughs> Uh, which again is why I part of the reason why I made Sabia the character that she is is it gave me a chance to look into Native American folklore and mythology and that's kind of an under I think slightly underrated mythology I I think it is I I guess I have never put Native American with mythology the idea <laughs> I mean, I'd never thought about it. It's just something that didn't come to mind. So now that you say that, you know, think about think about the things that really are a little bit mythical in the Native American culture. Yeah, um, actually one of, I even have Sabia, my main character, have a favorite folktale that she tells, which is a real one about how the crow came to look and sound like the way he does. Really? Yeah. Which book is that? Um, I don't, ah. I'd have to actually put the link up for that, that you, I could find You didn't it. expect me to interview you, did you? No, not right away. <laughs> But it's it's fun. So, yes, I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation. <laughs> that we're kind of running out of time, and I've got a couple more questions All for right, you. I'll be good. I will just answer <laughs> the questions and not go off into uh, dizzy. <laughs> well, um, how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? <clears throat> um, they can follow me at juliecedorf.com. They can read my Mysterious Musings blog on there. I also have a blog called sprinklednotes.com that I kind of write about anything and everything. I'm on Facebook, julie.cedorf.author. Um, I am on TikTok, juliecedorf. I am on Instagram, juliecedorf. Um, I, you, they can follow me on Amazon. They can follow me on BookBub. They can follow me. Um, my books are available in all, you know, iBooks, Kobo, Amazon, not just one place. They're in print and they're also in eBooks. And most of them are out in audiobook too. So I'm around. If they Google me, I'm, I'm, I'm there. TikTok's new to me though so you you just gotta kind of um give me a break on that one. <laughs> oh boy do i hear you i just signed up for it and i have yet to post anything on there listen i gotta tell you my grandson who's 14 just about fell over because when i joined tiktok and he showed me how to do it my first video was um i'm not sure what i'm doing here what do i do i have no idea. I got 4,500 hits on that. <laughs> and my oh, wow. grandson is like, 
Grandma, you have more hips than I've had the whole time I've been on here. <laughs> so I've just kind of been, you know, going on. I just talk and I just share. Most of what I've been sharing, I, I share some about books and writing, but it's mostly about having a good day and promoting kindness. Um, I just think we should make kindness go viral. And then I talk a little bit about living with someone with memory loss too. So again, I'm just most of the time myself on there. I've done some really stupid things on there, um, but I guess that's what TikTok is for. But uh, it, it's, it's fun, it's learning. I don't have anyone that follows. I don't allow anyone to follow any of my things that is derogatory or uh, nasty or says anything nasty or attacks other people, they're gone. I, I believe in kindness. Oh, that, that's so awesome. And oh, I can't believe the show's almost over. I've had so much fun talking with you. Well, we, you know, we'll just have to stay friends and do this again. And you can, you are going to be on my show, The Pig Percolator, sometime in June when I get it back up and running. I, uh, once I get moved and get situated and things like that. So, but we can stay friends on Facebook and all of that. Oh, absolutely. That away. So this is, I love meeting you. Oh, this has been so much fun. I'm glad, you know, you talk about karma or whatever. I just, I haven't been on like I normally am online because of everything that's been going on. And I just happened to see your post. Uh, so we were supposed to connect. Oh, definitely. So for my final question, what is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Oh, I got to think about that. I don't let them do what they want to do all the time. <laughs> they will do something and I'll go, wait, no, you can't do that. And, uh, <laughs> go back and I get them into a lot of trouble. I get them into a lot of trouble, not bad trouble, like you're going to get killed, but um, silly trouble. Like in my last book, um, they, my, my newest book out is called uh, Weed Lake, and it's a crossover between Fuchsia and Brilliant, which takes the two characters, Granny and Jezebel, and they accidentally end up at Weed Lake in northern Minnesota um, in cabins next to each other. And these two women don't really get along because they're kind of rivals. Their communities are 20 miles apart, and they know of each other. And they end up trying to and, and they're there, Granny's there because her friend Mavis brought her there and they, they're they famous for the mud baths in Weed Lake. So you're supposed to take, take a plunge in Weed Lake after dark, naked, in mud baths. So Granny and Jezebel go down to set the rules that they're gonna live next to each other for a week and accidentally end up in the water, in the mud, finding a dead body. And so, um, <laughs> you know, those two, two together are just fun. So that, that's my latest book. So yeah, they'd say I probably get them into really weird situations. <laughs> I'm sure they enjoy them though. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's not situations that they wouldn't enjoy, but still kind of like, why are we here? 
Well, you know, yeah, naked mud baths are not probably their idea of a good time. Well, maybe <laughs> Brandy, but not Jezebel. <laughs> Jezebel's more staid. I mean, she's fun and she has her quirks, but she is more serious than Granny. And that's part of the reason they don't get along. Uh, opposites. Yeah. <laughs> opposites, but maybe just a little too alike. To a degree <laughs> uh, no they're not but you know i think one of the reasons too i wrote this book one because uh i think it was alan eskins that suggested i put the two characters together uh two to introduce people to both books but three to show that uh maybe and maybe not this will happen in the book that people with differing views can actually find some common ground and that's a great thing to show. <laughs> well, I hope they see that in the book. You never know. There's a lot of kerfluffle in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their contributions in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd like to thank my coffee clutch for their contributions as well. If you'd like to be like Regina and have your name mentioned on the air, join me at my Patreon page, patreon.com slash the cozy sleuth. Or you can become a member of my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. All these websites will be in the show's notes. And if you'd like to listen to some cozies read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze, wherever you find your local podcast. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.